0: Did y'all have a good weekend? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me get started with the weekend. I don't want to talk about nothing but the weekend. First off, full stop. Sorry, I'm putting a little... I want to shine up my face so I look like a a new penny. (laughs) Welcome to Love Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose. It's Monday and I'm in my big chair. And uh, there's a lot going on this weekend. A lot, lot, lot. But let me get to the let me cut to the chase. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, folks. Good morning, everybody. Everybody tunes in. Sorry, I'm late. I, I couldn't get the Zoom to um respond. It kept saying, not responding. Not responding. And I and I know before I jump into what I really want to talk about, I know this is Frontier's way of saying we sent you an email so we could upgrade you and you've not responded. So we're gonna jerk around your Wi-Fi. Such the business model, anyway. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just being too sensitive and paranoid. I don't think so. I think they really are messing with me. But all right. With that said, I don't know what y'all did on Saturday, but if you wasn't downtown from Black Wall Street, you was nowhere. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you had going on. If you did not step foot on that green Saturday from 12 to 8, you were nowhere. Because let me tell you something. It was epic. Now, Ife and I went down there because, you know, we old ladies. You know, we hang. You know, we run the streets pretty tough. We got more stamina than women half our age. Uh, so we knew we was going to go downtown and hang out. We hung out for about three hours. We got there in about... One ish, one thirty ish. We stayed to about three thirty ish, and we came back and sat on the porch. But for the time that we were on that green, and what we saw and experienced, it was ma ma. If you were not on that green on Saturday for Black Wall Street, New Haven, you were absolutely nowhere. I don't I don't care if you was at your house because you observing the Sabbath. Whatever. I'm speaking to Jews and Seventh-day Adventists. Whatever. You missed out. And I think I would have asked God to forgive me for that because I would have just been down there. And I know know you can't really break cold like that, but if I was Jewish or Seventh-day Adventists, I would have broke cold Saturday. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I would have lit some extra candles, poured some extra oil, whatever you got to do to make amends. I would have... I would have did that because <laughs> I would not have missed that time. That's a good time, and, I, and to all my Jewish and Seventh Day Adventist friends, and I and I think my Jehovah Witness friends too. Listen, you got to get a couple of Saturdays in there where you could show up to stuff and figure out a way to make amends with God. That's that's I, listen. Test your faith. Test it. Test it. Test it test it. God is calling you to test it. test it. show up to something on a Saturday when you know you should be keeping the Sabbath. Test it. <laughs> I don't mean no disrespect, but there's got to be some Saturdays y'all. you're like, man I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to make some real amends because I'm gonna go to this thing. <laughs> don't get in a habit because that's not a good look. But there's times when you got to like I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm going a, I'm, a go, I'm a go to some <laughs> I think Jewish folks can show up to stuff after sundown. So so y'all are y'all are pretty covered. You can show up. It was amazing. It really was amazing. It was beautifully executed, beautifully done. I was just the 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 uh the sisters the 40-plus sisters, double-dutching. There was like a gazillion of them, a gazillion. And they jumped. They did all the things, uh, all the vendors, so many vendors, all the food. There were food people out there that I did not know, that I did not know. So there was food out there. There was all oh, the DJs were hot. Um uh, the, the MC was great. I think that was Thai. <laughs> they shouted me out. Thank you very much. Uh, I had a good time. I took lots and lots of pictures with people. I'm drinking some lemon water this morning with a sprig of mint that uh came out of uh Bianca Kay's garden. She brought me some this weekend. So it's in it's in, my, it's in my water. And it gives it gives my water, you know, some kick because you know I'm committed to this drinking water business so so that was saturday that was amazing friday friday i had dinner with my boss john thomas i know people think it's weird that i say i have a boss <laughs> people are like have you have a boss <laughs> It's a boss Jesus Christ. Everybody has a boss. <laughs> God Himself. Everybody has a boss. So uh so early Friday I had lunch with um uh, uh Bobby and Jill, uh who, who are my good friends. So uh I, I had dinner with, I had lunch with them at Cats. So I've been on this hot dog thing. So you know I go to Cats because they sell the Hebrew National hot dogs. And I listen, I'll eat it, I'll eat those hot dogs. You know why? Because Jew. Jewish people don't mess around with their hot dogs. They don't mess around with hot dogs. They don't mess around with them. You're not gonna have junk in these hot dogs. So I get the Hebrew Nationals, and they're really good with sauerkraut, sauerkraut and yellow mustard. And I eat um, cats' coleslaw. That's the only coleslaw I like. Everybody else's coleslaw is like, eh, I don't like coleslaw like that. But I like cats as coleslaw, and I like all the pickles that they put on the table because I I eat my weight in pickles. Let me tell you something, I eat my weight in pickles. <laughs> I, and, and and that's it. Because you know, I just feel like coleslaw is you know it's like potato salad. Well, not quite like potato salad. I just can't mess around. With whoever's making it, and uh, and I don't. I just it's it's it. I I will say this. I'm amazed that there's that that the food network is full of white people because I I don't I'm not feeling white people cooking a whole lot of stuff for me but all right with that said, I'm gonna let that go because people will take issue but when I when I'm when I on these internets and see all these cooking displays by these white folks, I'm like so <laughs> the food network is full of white folks who could actually cook. I, this is an anomaly. Because white folks didn't come to this country cooking; it was indigenous and black people who did all the damn cooking. So, but critical race theory—I <laughs> would leave that alone. So Saturday was was—I mean, Friday was—I had dinner. I had dinner at Mahari's. You know, you people really should go to Maharis. They got a great bar, uh, and they got a and they—they they really have great food. They have really great food. Uh, and it's well-done food, and it's tasty, and it's good on your pocketbook. And the space is a really nice space if you want a, a intimate setting. So anyway, we were there for dinner talking about uh, the inner city stuff. That's the first time in the 30-some odd years that I've known him that we've ever, ever eaten together. Now, we, we've eaten in the office a gazillion times. Had food deliveries, brought food in. So we've eaten but we've never been out in the streets eating. So it was I said, I said, John, we ain't never, we ain't never been nowhere and ate nothing together. He was like, yeah, that that might be right. I told him, I said, I was at a meeting the other day, and 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 people don't know who you are. He's like, and I know he likes it like that. You don't want to know, you don't, you don't want people to know who he is. He was always like that. So anyway, so I did that. And then uh, Saturday, I got up, ran some errands. Ife and I uh, had breakfast at at Barbara's. So Ife and I are at Barbara's. Every time we go to Barbara's, I'm telling you, every time we go, somebody buys our breakfast. Like the last time, every time we're there, somebody buys our breakfast. So we're sitting next to his brother. And he's ear hustling our conversation because we were talking about some old mess. And I said, we're talking about dating or something. No, we were talking, somebody was in some relationship with some police officer or some old mess and he was trying to get out of it. Some old mess we were talking about. And I said, that's why I do not date police officers, CEOs, or um, military people. I don't date anybody in the military. And now, Listen, thank you for your service. I don't date anybody in the military. I don't date police officers and I don't date CEOs because those high stress jobs, most people who do those jobs don't have the skill set to process the work and they got a lot of internal stuff and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to deal with any of that. And I'm not stereotyping. I know what I know and I know. When I when I tell you these things, I tell you from experience. So the guy sitting next to us, ear hustling, talks about, "Oh, you don't like military? I'm military." Blah. I said, "Bro, thank you for your service." So he goes in about,
1: "Why? Why you say that?
0: Why you say that?" So I asked, "I said, do you have a wife? No. Do you have a girlfriend? No." He goes, "Well, I I choose that." I said, "I rest my case." I said, "Why don't you? Why don't you have?" A girlfriend or a wife. He couldn't answer me. So then he's going to ask me, uh why would I say that about military and police and CO. I said, because they require, they, ex- they show control over people and that spills over into their relationships. I've yet to meet a police, and I know some who are not that way. I know quite a few, but there's a lot of them Because of the stress of the work and and, and unhandled personal stuff, they are controlling people and oftentimes over the top. So he goes, well, what do you you mean by control? Because they don't want you coming in the house at four o'clock in the morning uh, because they don't want you to be home all day and the dishes stacked in the sink. I was like, ho, 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 hold up. Hold up. What are you talking about? <laughs> now, so he's he's like, mm, he's talking from personal experience. So I said, I rest my case. I said, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I don't, I don't know. I don't, that's not what we're talking about. So he gets up and he tells us this story about, yeah, I, I, you know why I got out the military? He's like, why? Because I got shot in the ass. So he's just looking at him. He's like, no, I got shot in the ass because I was running. I was like, okay, bro. Bye. So he leaves. So we get ready to pay our bill. And a brother who I guess was sitting behind us heard the whole conversation. And he came to the table and he took the check out of Ife's hand. And he said, listen, there are some of us out there that are good brothers. I got this. And he paid our bill. And I thought he didn't think nothing else. He didn't engage us in conversation. He's like, I just want you to know there are some some men out here who who uh uh who are good brothers. It's like okay. Thank you. And he and he tipped our waitress. That's all I'm saying. Uh and that happens every time I go. Not not that particular incident, but every time I go, somebody pays our breakfast. Pays our breakfast at Barber's. I can't tell you the last time I, I spent money in Barber's. And I don't go there often, don't get me wrong. That that was the first time we've been in there all year. Seriously, that's the first time we've been in there all year, you know? Um, so, so that was nice on Saturday. So then we went back on the porch. We hung out, drank a little wine. Then we went downtown and uh, hung out with the peoples. And it was glorious. So I don't know, Avery, Washington, all y'all, it was glorious. Glorious to be black and to be downtown. You know, then I ran into Juan Castillo. We had a little conversation. And Juan was like, see, this is why we got to let these young people run stuff. I said, let me tell you something, Juan. I'm happy to turn over everything to young people let them do whatever they got to do. I said cuz I don't go to, I don't go to these community meetings. I do not go to community meetings. Not because I'm above it or whatever. I'm I'm done with. It. I don't have a voice. My voice does not need to be centered in these conversations. I have other playing fields where my voice is needed. It is not needed in community in the way that these young people ought to have center stage with these community activities. They don't need my voice. I'm back, I, I gotta, I, I'm ready and happy and willing to be backup voice. So when they find themselves needing a, a a voice such as mine, I got them. But I don't need to be the lead voice in any damn thing in community stuff. Yes, I am fully immersed and 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 rooted in community. But I don't need to lead anything anymore. So that's where I'm at. So uh that's where I'm at. So uh uh that's where I'm at. So somebody is at my door. I am on the radio. I cannot answer the door. So let me see. Yes. I'm on, I'm working. Okay, text me. <laughs> I love I left the window up because I know people come to the door and I can just yell through the door. <laughs> I can just yell through the door and people can't just talk to me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get up. I'm right here. Y'all see me. I'm talking. I'm on the radio. I'm live all across the world. I can't move. can't move till, till, till 9.50, <laughs> 9.58. 9.58 I can get up and answer questions and do all the things. So, so so yeah, so we did that Saturday. Saturday night. What did we do Saturday night? We, I think I came back and sat on the porch for the evening. Hung out a little bit. Got up Saturday morning. Got up Saturday morning. Put some time in my book. Some really good time in my book. Uh someone has been turning them off. Yeah, you know what? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking to. I know the this the switch needs to turn. The switch is in the hallway. So I I prefer the light on because I just think it makes sa- it safer. You know I know sorry sorry audience I'm I'm am t- am t- having two conversations. <laughs> I'm in texting conversation and uh and I'm having a um. And a conversation with you all. So I put in a, a, a text to Ruben and them because I want to know if uh, the uh, the Broken Umbrella folks raised their money. So I got to go check that message because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, get that sense. Yes, they did. Uh... They did, they did, they did. So they'll, uh, they got it, they did it. They did it, they did it. Okay, so they're going to make an announcement. So I, I I hope I'm not stealing their thunder by saying hooray. But they're going to have an announcement. And, uh, but I was want to know, I woke up this morning, I was like, I hope they made it. There's enough people in this community that people can hit their financial goals. And they wasn't asking for uh a ridiculous amount of money either. They weren't. So uh
1: you know.
0: Anyway, that's where we are. That was a nice uh that was a nice uh a nice uh that a nice, nice, nice uh, that was a nice fundraiser. And and we want to see them succeed because you know you can't have too many theaters. <laughs> You can't have you can't have too many places where people can have opportunity to to express, put on plays, shows, whatever. And uh, and I'm glad that I'm a part of their team now. So you know, speaking of teams, in New Haven Docs, I'm on that team, and uh, and that's coming up. So I got to catch up these films because I'm meeting with uh, Gorman tomorrow, and I'd like to be able to say, yeah, I watched the film, I watched that film, I watched. It. I had all summer to watch these films. I watched a damn film <laughs> between that and the Elsa. I don't know what to tell you because it's been challenging. It's been challenging trying to keep up, and and I got to get the back steady into the Elsa. I have no energy to get up in the morning and do it. So I think today uh, I have got to put some time in every day this week moving forward. I've got to uh, I've got to put some time in, and uh, and that's real. Like that's really real. So, you know, I got to do it. And uh, why is it? Why is my? This is not. This is not letting me be great. So, so anyway, um, I then lost my train of thought because I was so focused on so many other things. Um, so let me let me let me just put this out here because there's some stuff I want to put out. This is what we have to stop doing: is people particularly those of us that serve on organizations, you know. Uh, and this comes out, this comes from a very personal place. I, I hope that I'm not doing this, but if I am doing it, I'm stopping it. I think we need to stop glorifying how hard we work. As if uh, there is some glory in run being run ragged, you know. And we have to learn how to take a compliment without going into details about, we have to learn how to take compliments in a way so that we stop trying to prove that we are worthy of the compliment. Let me give you an example. I had a conversation on the green with somebody. And I said, this is such a wonderful event. It's beautiful. And they immediately started with, oh, my God, it was so much hard work. I'm just exhausted, blah, 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 blah. And I said, exhausted, why? And they might have taken some offense to what I said, but I had no idea they was working on this. Oh, because I've been working on this for five months. Oh, it's just been, but, you know, I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I thought, we have got to do better about when someone pays us a compliment. We don't have to prove that we are worthy of the compliment. And 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 we all have to do this. I, I'm no pro at this. Because somebody will say, uh, oh, I, I, I really like that outfit you're wearing. Oh, my God, this old thing. I had this thing a gazillion years ago. I, I forgot I had it. Hmm. No, you know what the response should be? Oh, thank you so much. That's the that's the response. We we have to stop trying to prove and show evidence that we're worthy of compliments. And and we all do it. We we all and and I don't I don't know if it's because we feel insecure about the compliment or the compliment comes or we just don't want to be seen as Uh, bragging or everybody wants to seem humble, you know, and people are just dragging humble, like, like somehow or other you don't deserve any accolades. People are, they really are acting like they don't deserve any accolades. And, uh, and we have got to stop doing that. It's 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 not it's not noble to push back on a compliment. It's and it's not humble either. If someone pays you a compliment, the next thing out of your mouth should be, oh, thank you so much. How kind of you to say. Not, but let me explain to you why your compliment triggers me in telling you what led up to the compliment. Stop it. We have to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing it. And I want y'all to take the pledge. When someone gives me a compliment, I'm going to accept it as the gospel truth. Say it with me. When I get a compliment, I'm going to accept it as the gospel And I'm going to believe that they know what they're talking about. That part. When someone gives me a compliment, I'm going to accept it as them being right. And they know what they're talking about. That's what we have to do. We have to do it. Otherwise, we're not... I don't know how people are always talking about they marching into God, marching with God, but they can't even do the basic things that is required. Simple things. Simple things like accepting a compliment. <laughs> say thank you. And I, I, I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to stop trying to deserve a compliment. Let me tell you, if, if you say, ah, I, lo- I love, I love, that bracelet you have on oh girl this bracelet blah 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 that's not what's needed now somebody came up to you and said tell me the story about that bracelet you're wearing then you go into oh this girl this thing is old and i got it and i was there in 1978 and it was you know it was the best of times it was the worst of times (laughs) that's how you answer the question Tell me the story about that bracelet, that earring, that dress, that necklace, that shoe, whatever. That's how you answer the question. But if somebody says, man, you look fabulous, that dress is saying something, you don't have to go back. You don't have to respond with uh, a, a dissertation on why that you deserve this compliment. You can just say, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. How kind of you to say, you know, and we all do it. So I'm not, I'm not telling anything that I'm I'm not doing because I do it too. Because compliments make us feel seen and everybody's running around talking about they want to be seen, but the minute that they're seen, they shrink. (laughs) The minute you're seen, you shrink, you know. And I think that, that and that speaks to that whole thing. Nobody wants, and well, now I do, but nobody wants to hear somebody say, who does she think she is? That seems to be fearful for people when somebody talks about them in that way. Who does she think she is to wear that shoe, that skirt, that dress, that hair color, that afro, those braids, that, who does she think she is? You know? and And I think that, Speaks to uh, us caving to the lesser stories of ourselves, and and people's ability to have more power over us than they ought to. People, people have more power over us than they ought to. You know that's why people you know like I every mean, people should dress up every day. Why wouldn't you dress up every day? It's not really hard to dress up every day. Believe it or not, it's the same amount of time and energy. This is you know you're not putting on a spacesuit. A dangly earring, lipstick, makeup, hair, clothing, whatever. Stop grabbing those same tired ass pants and put on your fancy pants and your really nice shoes. Where you going? You're going out into the world. The world is a stage. You know, and I think people would. And there are people who do it. It's like, oh, I like to look good. I, there's a little there's a little uh, 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 tick tock out there. This brother. He's narrating. And and his voice is the narration for a lot of the for a lot of these uh, these TikToks, and it's usually uh, men, but women too. And he goes, you know, I like to put it on. <laughs> And I love the because because he, he's a he's you know he's a he's an older black man. The you know the voice like Uncle So and So. It's like oh I I get stressed. I like I like to put it on. I like to put it on. <laughs> you know me. I like to put it on. <laughs> and I every time I hear it, I always watch whoever whoever has used that voiceover for their video because I love it. I love it. Then there's a couple other women who are uh, who I I watch uh, whose videos I follow because they're always talking about these kinds of things, you know, and then there's a fashionista, a plus size fashionista, white woman. Out of, I think she's in Canada, but I, Manny, I love her. I followed her from, from Trini who is uh, in the UK and uh, and she's, she, we're, we're about the same size. And I love the way she dresses and she, and she had this epiphany and we're about the same age. She might be a few years younger than me, and we had she had this epiphany about she is going to wear what she want to wear. And she takes, she's in bikinis and the whole thing. And she looks amazing. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm fat. So what? I, I'm not worried about this. I'm going to wear what I want to wear and I'm going to look fabulous. And she does at every turn. And I'm like, oh, I love that confidence. And I believe I have that confidence uh, because I know how to dress myself. You know, I, I, I love clothes and I love accessories. I'm a close whore, just hands down. Always have been, you know. Um, And I I really think it's a self-worth issue because I like to feel like I I like to put it on.
1: (laughs) I like to put it on.
0: So so we're going to stop doing that. When we work in these organizations and we pull off a festival, or lit fest, or that we gotta stop saying, uh, or, or anything that we we do for the community. We gotta stop saying, "Oh my God, I'm t- it was so much work." We're gonna we're gonna celebrate ourselves and say, "Yes, it was a it was well worth the time and energy. I had a good time doing it." You know, we're not gonna treat we're not gonna treat our civic duties as, ne- as necessary evils anymore. We're not gonna serve the community thinking it's a necessary evil because it's not a necessary evil. It is our humanity at work. that is love in action and we have to come to it that way. Otherwise, why are we even doing it? So we're going to change the paradigm. We're gonna make a huge paradigm shift. If you don't love it, get out of it. If you don't find pleasure in it, stop doing it and let somebody else step into that space you know, because we have got to stop seeing what we do in our communities as necessary evil. We have to rise to the occasion of joyousness and say, this is what I'm doing for my community. This is what I'm doing with my community. This is what I'm doing in my community. So that the love and the joy can, can roll out, you know, like it can roll down and roll like a river and roll like and be more than just ripples on the pond. I've been thinking about this since I had that conversation, but I've been having lots of little conversations about people and everybody's going on and on about how exhausted they are. Why, why are we running ourselves ragged? And I think there's ego to that. When you think you must be the one to run yourself ragged for something, then you shouldn't be doing it. Because if you like, if it's a necessary, because if you do not take pleasure, if you don't find joy, then you are not doing God's work and you're not doing humanity's work. You should not be doing necessary evil work. Not necessary evil work. You do it because you are called to do it from a spirit of joy and love and an extension of humanity. That's it. Stop dragging And toting yourself through these organizations that you are exhausted from. And I'm telling you this because I'm changing what how I think about things. I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm not going to say, oh, this board is exhausting. Even if it's exhausting. Because here's the thing: I have free will. At any moment, I can step down from any seat that I serve on. And if ego is such. That if I say to myself, I can't leave because they whatever. That is not true. Because let me tell you why it's not true. Because if I fall down dead today, somebody else would have to sit in. They will find other people to sit in the seat. They will find other people to carry out. Paul Bass will find somebody else to do this morning show. (laughs) So Do you know what I mean? So we have to remember that, that our time is very finite on this planet. And if you're squandering it, whining about how hard everything is, then you miss out on all the joy of things. Then you miss out on being community and fellowship with like-minded people who want to work on this very project, who want to see something thrive and become and grow and develop. So we're going to stop doing that. We are going to treat ourselves holy and way more sacred. We're just gonna treat ourselves holy and, and way more sacred. And 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 listen, you know, and here's the other thing. You get to you get to define that. <laughs> I was having a good conversation yesterday with Jonathan Barrymore about church. He had asked the question on Facebook about why do people why do people uh is is uh why do people physically go to church? And I put up there my I was the first one to answer for fellowship and, and human connection, I guess. That's what I said, I guess. And um, people people follow he yeah, had a good good amount of people follow suit so answering. And so when he talked about it yesterday on the porch, he said nobody talked about the preaching or anything. Everybody pretty much said what I said, you know. I'm uh, set for a couple. One person said communion, but you know, but 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 communion, communion is is part of the word community, right? So even that is the same. You go. I mean, we all could do communion at our house by ourselves. There's no law that says you cannot do communion by yourself. But there, but but that doesn't speak to God. So you have community. You have communion in church with people around you. We all take communion. And so we so that led us to a conversation about what the church needs to do because uh, he read this article in the New York Times that uh, the African Methodist Church in New York, which is the first African Methodist Church I guess, is uh, uh, struggling with keeping... Keep, uh, with the low low members and churches all over the country are having this experience you know and i and i really believe this is what i believe that the church has gotten away from what the church was destined to do and i'm not saying all churches but i'm saying we have created this hierarchy within churches so that churches are not the most welcoming places That's why people don't go, because they feel put upon. They feel, and even though you could have people standing there welcoming you, it never really feels welcoming. People never feel good enough to go to church. That's at the heart of it. People don't feel good enough, and they feel unduly judged. Lots of people. Now, I I don't think I'm making this up because on Sundays these pews is dim these pews are empty now there are some churches that are packing them in these mega churches but those mega churches are are just big life coach things and, and that in and of itself is not bad I think everybody deserves some life coaches and some motivation and Jonathan was like well people should come to church you know he's making the case about feeling good and I and I and I chimed in with whoever said, the church ought to be feel good. There's too much in the world for the church to allow us to feel good. We should all be in an incessant prayer about incessant prayer and work about how to take care of one another. Whoever said that we go to church to feel good? Who said that? Who decided that? When did that become the reason why people go to church and and what else is happening in people's lives that when they that they save up time for church to feel good. Do you see what I'm saying? Like this, this, this requires a bigger conversation. And I know theologians and all the people who might be listening. I want I don't want you to come at me. I want you to ponder this. I want you to discern. I want you to go into a contemplative place about this and have some discernment about this. What why is the church failing people? Why do people not want to show up for church? Why? We have to we have to we have to ask the question and it deserves a real answer. And it can't be some it can't be some sugar-coated answer. It has to be the truth. And, And I think the truth is the church hasn't been welcoming in a very long time. The church has been heavily judgmental. And the church has been a barrier in people's lives. And so they don't go. And it's not because people just want to live all kinds of willy-nilly. Church has become exhausting. And I and I I think there has to be other models of church. Outside of a building, I don't care how good a preacher is. We've created theater and church. You know. We've created that. we've we've been churches have become institutions of policing. And I want to, I can't even say moral policing, just institutions of policing heavily policing of women mostly and and the roles and what makes a godly woman or and what makes <laughs> oh. churches have become police stations. That's that's all I can say about that. I've not found a church home. I can't tell you I, I I just can't stand and I and I miss church, but I desire a different church experience. You know I don't I don't want preaching the way preaching is going on. I don't want judgment in condemnation. That's still going on. <laughs> I want a church that says on Sunday we're going to go and be in the park and we're going to feed people for from 10 to 3. I want to be in a church that says Sunday we're going to teach, we're going to provide <coughs> opportunities for kids to play without fear we're going to take over a park and we're going to show kids we're going to model for kids and community how to be God's people and we're not going to do it sitting in nobody's church dressed up on a Sunday that's not working you know what we're going to do? we're going to have church in a parking lot and wash people's cars on Sunday (coughs) Way Christ washed feet on Monday Thursday we're going to sit in the park and have invite people to come and sing with us in fellowship we're not going to preach to people we're going to sing songs of love and understanding and peace that's the kind of church that I want I don't want to sit in anybody's police station for hours and being preached to and and being told that I'm I'm less than and I and I know there'll be preachers who are listening to me across this city be like that's not what I do oh you have to come to my church cuz that's not what I yes you are and 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 preachers have become Police captains. (laughs) And you can say, come as you are, all you want, but you don't mean it. You do not mean it. You do not mean it. That's why people don't come to church. And and, And this will be the pushback to me. Oh, well, there's got to be some moral whatever, whatever. I was like, here it is for me. It's, it's, that's between God and whomever. That it's not our job to set people up to, to redefine morality. I, I don't think that's the calling. That that's not the calling. I think the calling is there are people who are in prison that we need to take care of. Do that. There are people who are hungry. Let's feed them. Without lining them up on display and handing out, stop that. I hate that mess. Stop displaying people's lack for the world to see. And we do it over and over and over again. And I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't want that. Don't do that. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Stop lining people up at these food banks and these food pantries and all this other kind of stuff and and not be and and then you look at them with such condemnation like oh you poor people and i could be wrong i maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong and i'm and i'm not i'm not calling out any any church or any entity i'm not i just know what i see what i see it churches have become police stations they just have i think that's why people don't want to go I could be wrong. I, uh, prove me wrong. No, don't prove me wrong. I'm. I'm not the. I'm not the, the judge here. I, I. I go where I want. I do what I want. I make peace. I'm in community. I'm in community, and I fellowship, and I pick projects that I that bring me closer to God. I pick projects that bring me closer to God. That's it. You know, this is what I know. We have churches, and then we still have people. No, in no time in history have people been so lonely. People are extremely lonely, and churches are not addressing that. They are not. People are lonely. Have you know? Instead of some preacher running off at the mouth at the pulpit, have a Sunday social where people can come and fellowship and be with each other. And you shut up. Don't preach a damn thing. Don't open your mouth talking about whatever, whatever, whatever. You have deep conversations with people in groups and do that and find out how people are doing. And if you want to pray together, let that be the ministry. Let that be the service. Let that be the sermon. If you want to pray, you know, pray, but bring people together. It makes no sense to me. It's unconscionable to me that people are lonely, hungry, tired, and churches are everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And everybody thinks they're doing God's work. And the way the world is looking, who is doing God's work? (laughs) Who who exactly is doing God's work? Yes, of course, there's churches doing God's work. There's lots of people doing God's work. Lots of people are doing God's work. You know, lots of people. And I, I just, you know, we have we have preachers who are rock stars. We have preachers who are so rich. It's embarrassing. And I, I, I know this is a harsh judgment. No, I know. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm judging. I probably am. I just, I just don't know how you serve God and people are hungry and people are afraid and alone, and and we have so many needs, and, and the church is a police station. You know, it's more moral, moral policing is the order of the day, and people feel less than. You know, I could be wrong. I'll be back. This is Bad Scrawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WMHHLV 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not
2: stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. I'm Southern Connecticut basketball coach Scott Burrell, born right here in New Haven. I won an NBA championship with the Chicago Bulls. So I know a great defense is a game changer. That's why I support New Haven's Health Department's Take a Shot campaign to help defend teens against meningitis. Whatever your post-high school life is, take a shot now and help keep yourself, your friends, and your family safe and healthy. For more information, visit nhvvax.org. the truth and level with each other. It's time for us to face the fact that every brother ain't a brother. There are some who say to the world at large, I'm no color, I'm just a man. And there are some who say to the folks of town that black power is not their plan. But through it all, we kid ourselves and fool one another by failing to see the simple fact that every brother a brother. I mean, a brother wants his people to have the things they need to survive. And a brother doesn't destroy his brother. He fights to keep him alive. A brother doesn't live off other brothers. He makes it on his own. And a brother wouldn't refuse a brother if the other really needed a loan. Then you think about what brotherhood means and then let's level with each other. I mean, the truth is the light, but it's a dark fact that every brother ain't a brother. Is the cat a brother who shoots a brother and thinks that makes him bad? Is the cat a brother who says he's black because it's now the fad? We're at the point in the world today for self-evaluation, just to find out where we really are in this racially torn-up nation. And you know, one of the first things that we must do is to stop kidding one another. And get on the case of realizing that every brother ain't a brother. Though I said that every brother ain't a brother. And I know you know that's true. But look in the mirror carefully, because that brother could be you. Every brother
1: ain't a brother.
2: Every sister ain't a sister. Everything black just ain't black and baby that's bad <laughs>
0: tell you something live talk radio to jam because you never know what you're gonna get sometimes we hit sometimes we miss right now we hit it we hit we hit hey, did you know Lucy Gelman is having a baby <laughs> I'm gonna be Auntie Babs again again and again I'm so excited so very excited anyway uh what was I talking about? Oh, I'm done talking about church as, as a policing vehicle <laughs> and and not a very good one. <laughs> oh we had a um we had a shooting on our on my street well, uh Ivy and uh well, not Ivy um Shelton and uh hazel. I don't want to talk about it, but it's a tragedy and uh as more information. Uh, uh as more uh information comes up, I'll talk about it. I don't want to talk about it now. So uh yes, Miss uh I mean, uh I know uh Black Wall Street Fest was even more lit after three. I know, but here's the thing: I'm old, so I can't be out in these streets all night. I mean, I can, I do. But uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed myself very. Much. It was such a it just lifted my spirit and my heart on a lot of levels. Black Wall Street, and 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 to all these organizations, and, and and I'm talking to the white ones, all to these white white organizations, and y'all know who you are. Every time you fix your mouth to say, how do we get black people, on? how do we talk to the black community, and all this other kind of stuff. Well, we just showed you. We've been showing you, but you ain't been listening because you don't trust black people to tell you how to talk to black people. So that's one thing. And and you have some inherent inherent fear of black people, so you don't go into these communities. And some of y'all parachute into these communities, and and you know you act like you know more than the people in these communities. I'm just I'm just giving you observation. You know I'm just just making observations. Some of y'all do well, some of you don't. You know, but you, you know, you come to these neighborhoods and you and you see the people as pro- black problems that you have to solve and you, you really don't have to solve no problems in the black community. What you have to do is just allocate resources. Black people can solve their own damn problems. You know, the community will tell you what it needs. You know, you don't have to survey the landscape and say, I, I these people need this. You don't know. You don't know what these people mean. They'll tell you one thing, but they need another thing. Okay. That's what I thought. Cool. Uh, So so I'm just saying, you know, Black Wall Street was a great example to the white folks in New Haven that there is a community of Black folks and we Love a good time. We have products, we have money, (laughs) and we have time. (laughs) There you go. So take note. Take note. This how you. This how you. This how you plan for Black people. Not the mess that y'all was doing, but what what they showed you. And and f u b u. If you don't know, now you know. For us, by us. And they pulled off a wonderful event. Wonderful. It was such a good time. I had such a good time. I got it was like, it was like, and, and and I white folks won't know about this, but it was like it was like homecoming and family reunion rolled up into one. It was for the culture. It really was for the culture. And uh I had on my forticulture earrings, too. <laughs> you know? So, t- take a lesson. Take a page. Advertise in black spaces. Put your money in black spaces. Talk to black people. Include black people in your planning. And you will get results. Be authentic come bearing uh integrity and good intentions and you get good results it was it was it was it was amazing and next year will be even bigger you know you know listen it was one it did my heart good to be on the new haven green where slaves were once paraded and black folks freed black people were on the green celebrating it's amazing. That's that's a full circle moment for the ancestors, for us. It's great. I had a good time. I had a really great time. I had a great time. I, I hope people, I know people had a good time. I can't wait to see all the write up. Speaking of which... Uh, let me let me let me go around. Oh, and there was some stuff at Concord this weekend too. Yesterday they had a back their back to school stuff and a fashion show with T and uh, Donald Donald Carter. And uh, you know, it was great. Happy birthday to uh, Adrian George! You know we love her and she's my soror too. Uh, and and I'm telling you. She's the best thing to come out of that Elker administration. The best absolute thing that has come. She has really uh, brought a lot of respect to the city under her leadership of cultural affairs. Seriously. Um, because uh, she has really extended herself. She is known she's in the community and she is about it and and the credentials to back it up. I don't know how this mayoral race is going to shake out. I do not know. And I I try to talk very little about it uh, for a lot of reasons. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, I'm not telling anybody. I never tell people who I vote for. So unless it's Karen DeBose Walton, that's the only one I will tell you I'm voting for. Uh but she's not on the ballot for anything. She's not up for anything. So I know who I'm voting for when I walk into the unless something some something happens, uh I know who I'm voting for. So we'll see what happens. I know I know who I'm voting for when I walk into the voting booth. There was something I wanted to look for. Oh, I know what I want to do. I wanted to go to the New Haven Independent and see what's happening. See if uh, any uh Yeah Black Wall Street lifts up black businesses. It was something. It was something. There's one comment. Let me let me let me let me see. I might have to go back and chop it up it was such a good time it was beautiful it was so many good it was business i didn't even know pretty africa i got their card because they had some earrings that i really wanted i was standing next to uh rashad and adrian when they took that picture i was standing next to them because i took i took the picture of them taking the picture (laughs) so uh pretty africa I'll go over there. ConCat was in the house. Uh, it, was, it was great. The Double Dutch women blew me away. Like, listen, if y'all ain't got them black sisters over forty Double and you ain't got nothing going on. You uh, know, it has to be done via division. What is what does that what does division mean? Well, I don't know what that means. You know, you mean division since sixteen nineteen because uh, they wasn't dragging. They wasn't dragging Europeans to these shores. I'm what's what's the division? Ah, <sighs> no, I'm not even gonna take the bait because that, that comment is rooted in a level of ignorance that is so archaic that uh I'm not even gonna Who is gonna speak to that? No one. It's just ridiculous. You just sound ridiculous. Look out. You know, look out, get out. How about that? Division. What does that even mean? What do you, What does that even mean? Division? What does that mean? What does that even? I don't know what that means. Oh, because you think white people should have been on the green? You, you think it was called Black Wall Street? It's not called Wall Street. <laughs> Every damn shop downtown is white. What, what? 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 What do you mean it was by division? These people are so. You know this, and this is this is the problem. When you don't know history, and you're just coming from a place of feelings that are rooted and based in nothing but stupidity and deliberate ignorance, then you make those kind of comments. I mean, you just make those kind of comments, you know. And, and you know, and when they make those kind of comments, they think they're dead on being provocative. <laughs> I'm like, you just being dead on, ignorant, and stupid. It's like, what are you talking about, divisive? Seriously? You think black people hold the keys to division? You think we do? All right. (laughs) It wasn't white, it wasn't black people that burnt down Tulsa. It wasn't black people that burnt down Rosewood. It wasn't black listen. Listen. Listen, (laughs) Mita. You know, divisive. It, it, that's just a level of ignorance and deliberate, willful ignorance, deliberate stupidity. But you know, you gonna let you gonna let people have it. Ah, ah, that's all right. I'll go comment later. <laughs> I'll go talk my brand to issue, and and I I'll have to do it behind a pseudonym. <laughs> I, I don't have to do it behind a suit pseudonym. I use my damn name. And and Babs is my legal ass name too. You could you it sure is. <laughs> Woo! Baby. So anyway. Uh what else is going on? Let's see. Uh uh Sixth Dimension is coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be over at uh the lab of Concord. So that's gonna be fun to open a reception. So people should come to that. That's gonna be that's gonna be fly. I'm trying to figure out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna show up for that, but I'm I'm gonna show up for it. Uh, so that's gonna be great. And uh, let's see. Let me tell you what else is going on. Uh, Oh, I got meetings. Oh, I got stuff going on every day. Uh, so Harry, I I need to uh I need to just do my nine o'clock show and not do my Thursday show thir- the ten o'clock show on Thursday because I have to go see uh the doctor because I have a um I have a cyst on my kidneys and they want to see what it is about so I was like all right <laughs> okay you must so I'm gonna let them take a look see. And that's at ten thirty. And you know these doctors is booked so tight. You can't like. Do you have eleven? No. Do you have a? Do, no. I was like, all right, ten thirty it is. I'll make my, make my make sure I make my way over there, get my uh, get my my kidneys looked at, so we can figure out what they want to do about it. You know. So, uh, so many things. So many problems. It's not even a problem. Serafina and Desmond's wedding is uh Friday. I can't wait. Somewhere. They're having it somewhere. Waterbury at the at the uh La Bella Vista. So I'm gonna go there, see their wedding, party with them. I know, right, Harry. Not a doctor, but things could I yeah, there's a little, there's a there's a mask on my on my it's either a sister or a tumor. They're gonna go check it out. So I've already had some, they already took some pictures. Now they gotta talk about, but well, this is what we want to do. So yeah. I'm like, all right, whatever, do whatever. Let's just let's get it done what needs to happen because I need my kidneys. <laughs> I, I need I need my kidneys. Hence all this damn lemon water. So we, we, I need my kidneys, and, and I'm trying. You know, since I'm on those Olympic, I have to drink a lot of water because it'll dry you out a little bit. You know, I don't want my gallbladder to make stones and all this other kind of stuff, so I have to drink a lot of water. So far, it's been fine though. I've not had any. I've not had, you know, when I first started, it, like with any new thing, you know, you you have side effects. Mild, they're very mild, um, and now I don't have any side effects, and so we've not increased the dosage. We're still at the same dose, you know. But i I've, I'm at a little plateau. I, I need like. I, I, I crossed over the plateau by a pound where I was at. And now I need to, uh like I'm at 280, 281. So I've been hovering between 280, 281. Last week I got to 279. I was like, yes. But then I bounced back up to 281. So I, I'm trying to just break that little three pound so that I could get into the next weight range, right? The next, if I could get on the 280, then you know that's that's more progress. So I'm down twenty four pounds. So and and I like that it's slow and steady because I I don't need it to be drastic. I'm I'm in no rush. So you know I don't need it to be drastic. Uh, and I and I and I like the way that I I my attention is not so much about food anymore. So that's kind of a nice uh, it's kind of a nice thing. It's kind of a nice nice thing. So (laughs) so we're going to work it out. Brother's going to work it out. Brother's going to work it out. So I'm working it out. That's where I'm at. And trying to do the best that I can. So, so far. So far, so good. (laughs) I can't complain. I mean, I could, but. There's no real point to that. There's no point to that. So anyway. That's where we are. Uh that is where we are. I saw, I saw, I saw three of my children this weekend. Brianna popped in from Hartford. I saw Gregory. And you know, I see Margot every day. So they they all had dinner over at uh they all got together in Barbie, and Khalil showed up with his girlfriend. And uh, they all got together yesterday and cooked out over at uh, Gregory's girlfriend's house, which was nice. And uh, I was like, okay, fine. Good. Yay. They did all right. So I was like, okay. I did all right. And what's nice that they're all they're getting together, they're getting along. Uh, you know, got me thinking about Thanksgiving this year, because last Thanksgiving I wasn't with them, and The year before, I really wasn't with them either. So maybe this year I might be with them. We'll see. Maybe we'll go out somewhere and have Thanksgiving dinner. we'll see. You know, I know they like to, you know, like spend some time. And I I would spend some time at my house, but it depends. Because some things that need to happen in here, I don't really have any seating. uh, Because everything is so in the way. But I tell you what I could do. Now get rid of uh, get rid of that sectional that's in the in the living room which I'm getting rid of anyway. So that would be nice. So I I know what I need to do. I've been thinking about it for some time. So I'll go run and do that see what happens. <laughs> I have a plan. I have a plan. So I ran into Anthony McDonald on the green too. He looks so good. you know he's he and his wife are expecting a daughter. And, you know, Anthony is fun- he's a funny, 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 funny guy. You know, he's a the artistic director over the Schubert theater who runs runs the uh, executive director of the Schubert theater. He's a funny, funny guy. and uh, and you don't know how funny he is until you are engaged in a conversation with him because he's got such a quirky little sense of humor. <laughs> every time I think about him, I just crack up because he's just that funny. and he does a great Barack Obama of impersonation so uh, but anyway they're expecting a baby and uh and you know they bought a house out in North Haven and, he, and you know he's a city boy and he's just been cracking up and feels like it's in the boonies in the woods and I was like you're just in the burbs you're not <laughs> you're not in the woods You're just over the line over in North Haven so he's funny he's very very funny uh, so I got to see him. There was a whole bunch of people I got to see this weekend that I hadn't seen in a while. I saw some childhood friends that I didn't see in a long, a long, uh, you know, to see Biot Scott was very nice. So I saw Biot and uh, that was good. Uh, that was good. So, you know, I can't, it, it was a good weekend. I, I got a couple of meetings today. There's some things are coming. I can't talk about them yet. Let me. Let me solidify what it is and then I'll be back around and uh, uh, I'll get back. I'll get back to y'all. High five to Bianca K. I know you ain't listening to me, girl, but I got you. I'm holding you in prayer. you good. you good, girl. you good. And you got, you know, you got Aoife at your side. So all shall be well and all shall be well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, listen. Uh, I need people to come out next week for the uh, Freedom Futures Fred Hampton celebration. The Fred Hampton birthday bash. You know, the chairman would have been 75 years old. So we're throwing him a party. Oh, ever at a possible futures bookstore from like five to nine. I think it's going to be like a breakfast kind of thing because he was the architect of the breakfast program. feeding people. You know, that, that program, the Black Panthers pulled up was so good that the federal government used it. For as the cornerstone of Wick, ha 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 feeding women and children. Imagine, imagine that. So anyway, brother's going to work. Get out. Know. So, uh, so that's next week. Maybe I can get some of them to come on and talk about this. I think that'd be kind of fun. Uh, uh, and we we just going to keep hope alive. We keep, and you know, we we had a couple of poetry workshops leading up to the Fred Hampton. Um, celebration. So, it'd be a nice way to, to 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 recognize the chairman, and and I don't think he gets enough recognition. So, so tune in, stay tuned, come through, be about it. Uh, we'll have a good time. We're gonna have a funky good time. We're gonna have a funky good time. And I'm looking forward to Juanita Sixty Mitchell. She she had a display. I missed her display. Uh, uh, downtown Saturday. I don't know how there was so much that I missed, which is crazy because I saw a lot, but I missed missed her. And uh, but she looked she looked fabulous with a big Shaka Khan afro and looking very futuristic. And so, so I'm looking forward to her exhibit, and I'm a part of it, which is way cool, way way cool. So. And Lit Fest is coming up, and it's all about romance and, and Black romance at that. So, I, I and, you know, I love a good romance. I'm actually reading uh, uh, Isabel Allende's book right now that I got several years ago when she was in New Haven. Not New Haven. She was at Guilford uh, visiting at uh R.J. Julia bookstore uh, in the midst of winter a novel, and I was with my great love, Patty uh, Russo, and uh, they moved the venue from uh, R.J. Julia Bookstore to the UCC Church, the Congregational Church on the Guilford Green. And so so I have a signed copy of uh, uh, I have a signed copy of the book. So anyway, I'm reading it because, you know, I just finished, um, I just finished Nicholas's da- Davidoff's book, uh, the other side of prospecting. God knows, this book was like, it just, it just dragged me. It just took so much. So I knew the next book couldn't be a, a heavy book. The next book had to be in a whole other direction. And and Isabel Allende's book is in a whole other direction. <laughs> and then I don't know what I'm going to read after that because I'm reading that book pretty fast. So I would imagine I got another week of that book. And uh, and I'll be on to something else. But I think I think once I finish her uh, uh Isabel's book, uh Elien- El- Eliendes book, I'm gonna jump into another hard book. I mean, I've been toying with uh the 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 uh, the love letters of W. E. D. Du Bois. I, I've been wanting. I have it, and then I have sixteen nineteen project. So I have to make some decisions about. And they they're equally like eight thousand gazillion pages, you know. So. Uh, I need to get around, and I still need to finish Arthur Ashe's book, which I might finish this winter. You know, when I was in federal prison camp, I read a book a day. <laughs> I'm not suggesting I should go back to prison to read. I'm just su- what I'm suggesting that I win a billion dollars and then I can just like exile myself and read. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> A prison of my own making. How about that? And, and it wouldn't be prison. It'd be like, oh, a paradise of my own making. So I can read all the books that I want to read from sun up to sunset and just eat and drink at my leisure. You know, that's, that's really what I want to be doing. Take long walks on my property and uh, sit in the sun and drink good drinks. Good bourbon, good scotch, good tequila and champagne. Yeah, that's my fantasy what's yours <laughs> it's my fantasy <laughs> so uh, so yeah so, I, I, so I, I you know I'm gonna finish this book and uh, uh, I have to pick up something else I mean I have listen I, I am in no need of books I have books people gave me books for my birthday when I turned 55 uh, I have those books that I have not read I mean I've read some of them um, I might read, um, I've got Neil deGrasse Tyson's book on quantum physics because I, I, for the last couple of years, I've been taking, um, a quantum physics class at, um, uh, MIT online. I started during the, I started just before the pandemic because I, I have this idea that I wanted to use the other side of my brain and, uh, and I like science kind of stuff. So so I've been taking quantum physics class at MIT online. And it's free. You can take it for free. Uh, and it was so good. It was so, so, so good. And uh, and so, you know, every year they send out the new courses. And uh, I think I'm gonna stay keeping with physics, quantum physics, because I, I like that whole I, I like the I like the big thinking of quantum physics as opposed to like anything else. Uh, sorry. Like I'm not going to be mixing potions. Like I'm not I'm not going to be doing experiments. <laughs> I, I, I'm not that. I've done enough of that with school projects with my kids and and getting banned from you know making things explode. So. <laughs> Da 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 dee da da da. Yes. So I'm not messing around with potions and beakers and <laughs> uh so I think I might I gotta put my hands on it because I don't know where it is. Cause I got baskets of books and then I got baskets of books. And I thought it was in a basket of books, but it's not. So I don't know where it is. So I gotta find it. Because uh, I think that's what I want to read next—the uh, book on quantum physics for everyday dummies or some old mess. Uh, so that might be good. If not, I'm definitely going to read uh, the 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 love letters of W. D. B. That will take me into the fall. You know, on top of all the other stuff, which I'm happy to do. I told you we are not going back to whining. I'm not whining. I am not whining. I'm not whining. We're gonna get it in. We're gonna la da dee, da da la da da, da 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 I think that's a uh, is that Crystal Waters? That's Crystal Waters house music. You know, house music all night long. Say what? House music all night long. Say what? House music all night long. <laughs> da, da, dee, da 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 dee, da 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 <laughs> so, anyway. I gotta let um, Colin McEnroe know. And uh, 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 that I, I I listened to a little bit of Little Dirk. Little L- 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 Dirk. Not the whole thing. I'm going to turn it on my Spotify and listen a little bit more. You know, I can't keep up with this. I, I'm one of these people, and this is where I'm going to show my age. I, now, I'm squarely in old people camp. When I was like, oh, I can't listen to this new music. I can't keep up. I'm still stuck in the music. I'm still exploring the music of my youth. You know, because I have a new appreciation, a better understanding for the music of my youth. And it just feels so good to me. So I'm not really, you know, of course, Beyonce, I love Beyonce. I mean, who doesn't love Beyonce? Um, so, so, yeah, and and all of that music of that generation and Sierra and Rihanna. I mean, my, my car's named Rihanna, for God's sake um and you know i listen to all their music you know all that stuff i'm like okay i i love the kiki palmer usher vibe that she broke up with that trifling ass boyfriend of hers her baby daddy you know the nerve of him trying to shame her the nerve the absolute gall i'm like if you don't get somewhere and sit down you mister i'm sitting by the bed with my shirt off posting up on instagram if you don't get somewhere and sit down, but now you are sitting down, because you didn't know how to you didn't know how to do that right. So anyway, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave these young people to be young people. I'ma leave y'all youngins to your youngin' in. <laughs> I'ma drink my water. I'm gonna drink my mint lemon water in peace. So anyway. I need to work out a little bit today. I gotta get something. I gotta start. And you know, having this good conversation with Jonathan, I was like, "I gotta start. I have got to start. So start I am. So I'm up this morning. I feel pretty good. You know, I'm rolling my shoulders. I haven't worked out yet. you know. And And uh, we had no wine on the porch last night. And the wine that we had, we don't like, so I gave it to my. I gave the last two bottles to my daughter because I just didn't like it. I <sighs> right here, y'all like this sweet mess. Y'all don't have sophisticated palates. You like sweet wine? Here go. Drink, 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 drink. And, like, you know, bait, they took it. <laughs> so I was like, all right, go on with your bass cell. 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 And go on, they did. So, anyway, life is good. And, uh, yeah, fall is coming. I don't know if y'all feel it, but I feel it in the air. I feel it. Uh, so soon I'm going to start talking about uh, all the gals that are coming up uh, in September. Because, you know, September ushers in gala season. Uh, International Festival of Arts and Ideas, Jamaican-American Connection, and, and all the stuff, other other people's stuff. Uh, and then, you know, I'm doing a talk for the links. Uh, for the author that's coming, so I've got that on my calendar. Uh, so you know, things are coming around. It's I can't complain. Uh, the Africana Film Festival in Richmond. I wouldn't mind, I was trying to I think I might be going to that. We'll see. Uh, we I might be going to that. I might Let's see what happens. You know, the problem is I don't have enough money to, to, to live the life that I want. <laughs> I, I don't have enough money for the life, for my life. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't have enough money for the kind of life that I want to live. So I'll just try to work that out. We'll see. I believe everything is coming uh coming along. I, it'll, it'll all work out. You know, I'm trying to figure out how I can spend two weeks on Martha's Vineyard. I feel like that's got to be the move, yeah I think uh I, I think that's got to be it. you know, so anyway uh so I feel good. I feel good. All right, I'm out. Thank you, Harry. Thank you, Paul. I'm out. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org.